Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand-new racing app for same-race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Australia has won the Bledisloe Cup for only the fifth time in its history. The Wallabies, only the fourth touring side to win a series on New Zealand soil. And the 86 Wallabies also the first Australian team to win a three-test series here. Oh, wow. Wasn't that music to your ears? Advance Australia Fair, 1986. The Wallabies triumphant at Eden Park. Captain on that day was Andrew Slack. The locks on that day, Steve Cutler and Bill Campbell. Peter Simons joins us now from Australia. Of course, noted journalist, writer, radio and TV personality. Former Wallaby lock himself and has enjoyed, enjoyed, I won't say enjoyed, enjoyed a little bit of All Black pain over the years. Um, can you do it this weekend? Can you, can you heading into a double header of pain at Eden Park, have optimism? Oh, oh, thank you for having me. That's Peter Fitzsimons. I didn't hear the Fitz part, but anyway. <laughs> did you did you give a small did you give a small pat on the back to your assistant there, who no doubt got dust all over her by going into the archives to find that dusty footage from 1986. It's a long time since we've won the Bledisloe comprehensively like that. Well, in fact, I think probably the last time was 2001. It's been a grim 20 years since we've won, and you don't find us at the height of our game right now. Things are a bit, things are a bit grim in terms of results on the field, money off the field, the Israel Folau catastrophe route on our game, and just lately, the uh, the three wallabies busted for drinking after hours. So it's all a bit grim right now, but we live in hope. You live in hope, but let's, let's talk about those three blokes. I mean, that's pretty stupid, isn't it, to be fair, Peter? I mean, we all know that life's different now than it used to be when uh, when you could have a few beers uh, leading into a test match. Uh, you just can't do it these days. So why run the gauntlet? Well, in my day, you wouldn't do it. But I find, in my day, quite seriously, you know, when there was no money, I think it was $50 a day, you wouldn't do it because if the coach said no drinking, well, no drinking. You know, the drinking, Bob Dwyer particularly had what he called an on switch and an off switch. And the on, you know, the on switch was leading into important test matches. You could flick it off the night after you win, okay. But what, what completely stuns me is that these guys are professionals. They're on half a million dollars a year. And, you know, the coach says, all right, quick beer to, to chat, to talk, but, you know, get to bed. And they go upstairs and carry on for a couple of hours. I mean, it just takes my breath away. What the hell were you thinking? And while I'm having a bit of a rant, it came on the same day we found out about the 
the sevens guys, you know, the rugby sevens coming back from Japan, again, in my day, when you've got the Australian blazer on, we've all been drunk in our time, most of us have been drunk in our time, and many of us, including me, have made dickheads of myself, ourselves in our time. But when you're wearing the Australian blazer, you're wearing your team, team's, team's uniform, you're coming back from a stunning Olympic Games where everybody's in love with the Australian Olympic team because they've been such terrific people. They've represented our country well. They've won gold medals. And what's going on? You've got rugby players up the back, seven rugby players up the back, vomiting and... I mean, just give me a break. Again, there's a brilliant column about this in the Sydney Morning Herald today. Matter of fact, I wrote it. And 30 years ago, we talked about... The, the word was NTA. If you've got an NTA, never to tour again. Marked on your papers, never official but unofficial. You know, a quiet word in the, in the, in the ears of the selectors and management. Look, this guy's a liability... You can't put him in a uniform and take him away again. It's too hard. And I suspect that those guys that were responsible for that with the Sevens will be an NTA. We don't feel that strongly about the Wallabies. They'll be back in a, in a, in a match or two. But really, deeply disappointing. Peter Fitzsimons with us uh, from Australia. Of course, uh, he's currently uh, in, a, in a situation of lockdown, the whole of Australia is. But they had the economic exemption to come to Eden Park uh, over the next fortnight, which is great for rugby. What is it about? Do you, do you feel is the theory about the pain of Eden Park, about that, that particular piece of turf that stops the Wallabies, or, or is it something else? It's, it's, oh, look, I love Eden Park. It was a privilege, to, always a privilege to play at Eden Park. And over the years, you know, it was... It used to be <laughs> it used to be quite a pleasant oval, you know, in terms of nice little grandstands and now it's a Coliseum. But there's there is something about, you know, you're in New Zealand's biggest city, New Zealand's the keenest rugby nation on earth, and to play at Eden Park, you know that I always used to say that New Zealand rugby club crowds didn't watch rugby. They consumed it. You know, they devoured it. They just loved it. And nothing's changed over the years. So when you're, when you're playing at Eden Park, you're sort of playing at Madison Square Garden or the Royal Albert Hall. It's like, it is, it, it's like the sacred place of rugby globally. Peter Fitzsimons, uh, tell us your impressions of Dave Rennie. Uh, it's been a bit of a, a revolving door sort of situation, the coach of the Wallabies, uh, you know, some Australian-born, some New Zealand-born. Uh, they've come and they've gone and they've tried. Have you got confidence about the Rennie dynasty? The first thing I'd note about David Rennie, Rennie is he's a, he comes across as a good bloke, a nice bloke, um, which, is the, which is the upside. You know, like I've dealt with him a few times and he's very approachable. Um, speaks obviously very knowledgeably about rugby and he comes to the position with a great resume of huge success. And I, I must say, after Michael Checker, Michael Checker's responsible for the best rugby we've seen in this country. Back in 2015 it was, I think, when New South Wales won the, won the Super Rugby. We haven't seen rugby like that. He then took over the Wallabies and they got, he got them to the final of the World Cup that year. And after that, things turned pretty grim pretty quickly. And he was a very abrasive character. He always looked resentful of the media, resentful of the opposition. And just, it was, it was just, it was just, you know, prickly. And then Rennie comes along and he's a breath of fresh air because, you know, like he looks down the barrel of the camera, 
He talks openly. He doesn't get flustered. He's under attack by Alan Jones, but everybody is. Um, and so that's the good part. He's like an antidote to the age he's come from. The maybe downside is, I guess, well, obviously the results haven't been fantastic. And I guess all I can say is from my own point of view, I, the, the Wallaby coaches that I had were Alan Jones and Bob Dwyer. I read John Eel's biography, which was about Rod McQueen. They were very, if you, if you can call them A-type personalities, they were very, you know, Churchillian speeches and strong Eddie Jones was like that. From a great distance, Dave Rennie does not come across to me like that. He doesn't seem to be that kind of punching your fist into your palm, this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it. Maybe that's because I'm from the amateur era, that's the way we did it. Maybe professional coaches now are far more buttoned down. I don't know. He he doesn't come across to me as that kind of coach, which is the one I sort of instinctively feel we need, but I may be totally wrong because I'm an amateur dinosaur speaking in the professional age. Peter? Uh, I am too. Uh, but uh, look, on the basis of what you saw between Australia, the Wallabies and the touring French, um, what did yeah. you notice there? Was it an improving Wallabies side as they take on the All Blacks? Did you see some good signs there? Well, the, the, the first good sign is they were playing. You know, two things. A year ago, to use the colloquial ex- expression, Australian rugby was on the bones of its ass. You know, across the board, things were grim, seriously grim. We had, you know, management resigned in disarray, no money in the tiller. Uh, we had we had uh, Israel Folau, just, well, in my view, just destroying the goodwill towards rugby, just behaving absolutely appallingly and costing lots of money and re- diminishing focus on the game. Um, you know, everything was horrible and and then COVID hit. You know, it couldn't have been worse. A year later, there were the Wallabies in a new kit with full crowds, with um, a team, a respected international team. They beat them in the series. It was a very entertaining series. So even though it wasn't the, you know, the, the number one French team, the fantastic thing was that they were playing in the first place and it was going out on Channel 9, free-to-air television, delivering a big audience. So from the perspective of where we were a year ago, congratulations to the chair, the management, the players. Couldn't be better. But nobody was kidding themselves. The fact that, you know, you came to the ends of a, of a so-so French team and won the, won the series was great, but it wasn't the All Blacks. And the, and the real test, of course, will be Saturday night. And, you know, we all hope for the best while the expectation that they're they're not speak its name, the expectation is that the All Blacks will win again and perhaps win handsomely. Peter, uh, you probably caught uh, a little bit of uh, the All Blacks' performance in their three lead-up test matches. A non-event, really, uh, against Tonga, 102 to blank. Uh, And then two pretty competitive test matches, albeit they still scored a lot of tries against Fiji, but they were taken on physically. do you, uh, you hold the, uh, taking what you've said, you, you hold the All Blacks pretty much uh, seriously in the favourites tag here? Of course. You know, they're All Blacks. They're, they're world champions. They're, 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 they're all, no, I never saw an All Black team. I never saw men in All Black jerseys that didn't play their hearts out and play brilliantly. And, you know, they're, 
whilst however, I think Phil Kearns was the one that said, while 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 our ass points to the ground, the All Blacks will go into every match as favourites. I mean, you tell me the last time you remember an All Black team going into a Test match that weren't favourites. They're pretty much always favourites. That's true. Um, uh, well, they are in our minds because it you know it runs deep for us over here, and we we are uh, uh, eternally optimistic that that they'll fly the flag for us. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I do believe that. But we've got a coach under pressure as well. Um, you know, we haven't got a coach who's been guaranteed a gig right through to the next World Cup. He's, he's on watch, and, and uh, I, I'm not sure whether that makes an all-black team more desperate or, or the coaching staff more desperate around them. It's interesting you say that because allow me to confess my ignorance. For the first time in 30, 40 years, I'm not, the name of your coach doesn't immediately spring to mind. He's on this side of the on this side of the Tasman. I've no doubt he's a fine man and a fine coach, but gee, I must say he's low profile this side of this side of the ditch. <laughs> yeah, he is Ian Foster. Uh, he was uh, Steve Hansen's uh, deputy for a long, long period of time. He's been around the All Black camp for a long period of time, but he is a pretty understated sort of a bloke, uh, very determined in his own right. He's been waiting a while to get this gig, and he desperately wants to hold on to it. Uh, Peter, here's another thing just briefly before um, we let you go. Rassi Erasmus, what did you make of that? Because uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you found that interesting and and that blast he had uh, over in South Africa. Yes, I I did find that interesting. Before I get to that, can can I ask you a question, even though I'm on your show, and it's you asking the question, not me asking the question. May I ask a question? Yes. What are the chances that New Zealand would ever have back my mate Robbie Deans? You know, Robbie Robbie Deans, who had always seemed to me, it was his destiny to be All Blacks coach. He was a great Wallaby coach, you know, in terms of perhaps the results at the time were not everything we wanted. But in the time since, you know, we all realised, wow, Robbie Deans was, was terrific. Is there any move in New Zealand in the future to get Robbie Deans back as All Blacks coach? No. No, um, you know I work in the media, but I work very closely with the All Blacks and have done over a period of time in terms of commentary, etc. I have not heard one one whisper about Robbie Deans being back. In fact, uh, the, the the hot item after Ian Foster, of course, is a, is the current Crusaders coach, uh, and, and that's Razor Robertson. So um, no, uh, no. Uh, short answer, Peter. No. The thing that um, you know I. I hunger for in rugby generally beyond the uh, you know victory for the Wallabies and victory for Australian provincial teams. I hunger for personalities. You know, people that when they come on television, you go, oh, "Hang on, lean in here. This is interesting. Wait for this." You know, so I, I know I may be sounding like a dinosaur, but and perhaps I am, having just turned sixty. But again, 30 or 40 years ago, the personalities in the All Blacks, the personalities in the Wallabies, the the Springboks and the rest of it, made for compelling sporting theatre. And I don't know your man Robertson, the Crusaders coach, at all. Never met him. But that dance that he does when victory, I mean, I just look at that and go, geez, give us more of that. Those kind of people that are vibrant personalities beyond the winning and the losing Give us something to cheer. Give us something to laugh. Give us something to engage with. And Far, Nick Far Jones once said to me that something I've never forgotten. Somebody told him, but I've always quoted it. People don't go to watch sport. They go to watch 
people. And to really enjoy watching sport, you need to know the backstory. You need to know who these people are, what they're, what they're like, what, they're, what their personality is, what the backstory is. And again, I don't, I don't know Robertson at all, I repeat. But, geez, he's an engaging media presence. He's an engaging, you know, personality in rugby, which is what we most need. I've got to go. My wife's cooking her little finger at me. That's cool. Peter, thank you very much for your time. Um, and hopefully uh, in the months to come we can uh, have a quick chat and review that uh, performance uh, of the Wallabies over the next two weeks, but certainly in Peter Fitzsimon's mind and uh, everyone else's mind as well, uh, they are up against it. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91